Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hi there, and coming up on the podcast, Mike Conkin, Global News Weather Specialist, will join me for signs you're desperate for winter to end. Chris Adams will be here, political scientist. We'll talk with him about the provincial budget, a possible early election in Manitoba. Nicole Mediation is the executive director of On Screen Manitoba. She'll chat about yesterday's budget where the film and video tax credit was made permanent. And in celebration of International Women's Day, local female comedian Angie St. Mars will be on the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. And I play a little nickel back there because our next guest is Global News Weather Specialist Mike Conkin. You, sir, are probably the biggest Nickelback fan I know. I, I like to put myself in the outspoken Nickelback fan category for sure. I, I will stand in front of it. Yes. Be proud. <laughs> be loud and proud, sir. Let me play a little bit of the debate on the uh, floor of Congress today. So... You'll see he's talking about something else completely, one congressman, and then he makes a comparison to Nick. Well, take a listen. This is this is why we're talking about this today. 77,000 people did comment. Uh, only four uh, wanted to keep this provision. Everyone else wanted to change this out of 77,000. Uh, that's probably about the percent of people who think Nickelback is their favorite band in this country. Ooh, it's pretty low. Ouch. Uh, and I think uh, if you look at it's Nickelback's your favorite band, I, I, I apologize to the gentleman. Why would you criticize one of the greatest <laughs> bands of the 90s? Wow. All right. One more reason why there's a difference between Democrats and Republicans clearly found on the floor of Congress today. And I love the fact, Mike. That uh, the congressman that pipes up and goes, why would you say, I'm a redneck and I like me some Nickelback. Can't they have some order? In the- <laughs> that is hilarious. Anyhow, uh, so I love, I'm with you, man. Nick, I, I knew those guys when they came to town early on and they are super talented I understand the rut they got in, but hey, at, at some point, uh, maybe, you know, it, it, they were about making making money, and there's nothing wrong with that. There, I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's sure, what I'll say. Sure, um, So I've got a list here for you. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, I, I looked at the forecast as, as I was putting this list together, and I see that we may see some above freezing temps very soon. Um, you know, and I thought, oh, maybe, maybe it's, maybe I won't do this, this list. And then I saw five centimeters of snow for us tomorrow. What's going on with that? Well, that's, that's the potential. So there is obviously going to be a lot of snow that's mostly going to be south of the border. So as close to us as Fargo, that's where kind of the really, really big numbers start to jump up. So they could see around 20 to 30 centimeters generally during the day tomorrow. Wow. It gets less and less as we get closer to Manitoba. There is still the chance of seeing maybe, maybe we get a snowfall warning for the extreme southeast corner of our province uh, with around 15 centimeters possible. But most of us will probably slot in somewhere between three and eight. And it started, it looks like Winnipeg could see up to five. Five would be the high end of what we would get, uh, but it could very easily be a little bit less than that. And then there's still going to be some stronger winds that we will deal with on Sunday. So whatever snow we get tomorrow, 
that would be blowing around uh, to wrap up the weekend. All right. So I was feeling bad about my list. I thought, ah, maybe I won't do this to Mike. But then I saw the snow in the forecast, and I thought, I've got to have you on. Pile it on. Well, listen, (laughs) I realize you're the messenger, but, you know. I'm going to be like everybody else and blame you. Here we go. That comes with the territory. Uh, Signs, Mike, signs you're desperate for winter to end. Are you ready? Let's do it. All you do is watch the Weather Channel and cry. (laughs) Signs you're desperate for winter to end. Another sign, you just traded in your car for a dog sled. Signs you are desperate for winter to end. The last time you left the house was to go Christmas shopping. Oh, boy. (laughs) Signs you are desperate for winter to end. You bought hand warmers and stuffed them down your pants. You are desperate for winter to end. That's for sure. If you deleted the movie Frozen from your PBR, you are desperate for winter to end. If you've moved to the southernmost part of your home and won't leave, you are desperate for winter to end. Every little bit helps. And finally, one more sign, the final sign. I think the most important sign that you're desperate for winter to end, Global News Weather Specialist Mike Conkin has taken out a restraining order against you. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. I appreciate the laughs. I do. Oh, no problem. That's a a good list. That's That's a a pretty good list, I think. I think we're all pretty desperate for winter to come to an end. And I know you are too, man. I know you are. Oh, 100%. And really, once we we start to get the warmer weather, it it takes a little bit of melting before we can actually start to get uh, a real warm-up because you need the snow to be gone for the ground to actually start to warm up and some of that heat to be felt a little bit more. So there is still quite a bit in the way of snowpack. And next week... We'll probably be seeing more snow here in Winnipeg, and that'll be more widespread across southern Manitoba oh and probably boy. into Saskatchewan. So, yeah, that, that comes with March. That's why we Gee. have such the, a huge range in record high temperatures and record low temperatures well, for, and not uh, good, for this month. And not good because we're keeping an eye on possible flooding. It's looking like we're going to get some pretty significant flooding, and, and more snow is not going to help there. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait for you to say, how sunny and 30 today, sunny and 30, not minus 30, sunny and plus 30. Um, but you know what? It, then you'll have people complaining. It's too hot. Mike, it's too sunny and hot. Do something about the weather. So. It's true. We're going to hope that the first time we hit 30, it's going to be a dry heat so that there won't be <laughs> yes. as many complaints and right. we get the humidity thrown in there. Yes. Then, yeah, 100%, it's, yeah. it's going to get ugly. Mike Conkin, thank you for playing <laughs> along, sir. I appreciate it. Anytime, Hal. All right. Chris Adams is a political scientist over at the uh, University of Manitoba, St. Paul's College, and Chris joins us on the phone now. Uh, Chris, I think, first of all, we'll we'll start with yesterday's provincial budget. Go ahead. Tell me your thoughts. Well, it, it was a budget where Premier Pallister really came through with his promises. He had promised to cut the PST by one point, and he, he did that with great fanfare. He had even had props. Uh, that they they uh, removed the curtain from and and uh, so so on that front you, there are a lot of people who more on the right of center than the left of center but who are happy about a reduction of tax and uh, there are also people happy about the, didn't get much attention but the so-called rainy day fund has moved from uh, a low a few years ago of about 114 million dollars up to uh, 250 million dollars it'll be at the uh, as of the end of March of this uh, coming of the next year. So uh, I think there are people 
who are on the uh, fiscally conservative side of things who are who are fairly happy with this uh, budget. And like it or not, Chris, Pallister seems to be doing what he promised, right? Yes, and and I know uh, people are thinking, is this uh, a pre-election type of budget? And if we go with the fixed date budget, uh, sorry, the fixed date election idea, then then we would see that in October 2020. But now there's speculation that maybe he's fulfilling his promises uh, a little bit early so that he can possibly call an early election. And where do you come down on that? Early election or the set date? Well, you know, there's there's nothing that says he can't call uh, an early election. And Richard uh, Cloutier with Lauren uh, uh, McNabb uh, yesterday, were, they were commenting on that after the budget. Uh, he, you know, he's uh, he's a man who's got his own thinking about things. The uh, Scott Fielding, Minister Scott Fielding, said, "Well, you'll have to ask the Premier about that." Uh, he's holding his cards close to his vest. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he, I could see him in the spring of, uh, of next year calling a, an election instead of waiting to October. It's tricky with a federal election on right now in 2019 with, uh, as we know, the federal government uh, gets up for election in, in October. So you can't really have it this October. So it seems like, like if, if the premier were to go early, it would either have to be this spring, but we've got issues about flooding that, that might be happening and he, and you don't want to call an election if there's flooding going on in South Manitoba and um, so so my sense is that he might go next spring and I haven't had a chance to talk to you since the latest testimony in the SNC Lavalin scandal and then the Prime Minister's comments yesterday morning how are you feeling about the scandal uh, so far Chris well things are still still uh, uh, um, developing I think we're into phase two of a multi-phased situation. He he spoke quite at length about um, uh, uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould, but he uh, I didn't see any references to uh, Philpot in his his uh, in his presentation. He he was mentioning that that his leadership style is different than his father's. Uh, that his leadership style is to consult and and communicate with colleagues. He was fairly contrite that 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 style had not uh, been effective over the past couple of months. So he was contrite. He never he, he never really did an abject apology, but at the same time, I think he came partly to where uh, many people wanted him to go. Let's talk a bit more about that, because you're right. He does seem to be admitting mistakes, but he's not saying those words. I'm sorry. Is that smart, or is he missing an opportunity? Well, you know, if, if he were to say outright, I'm sorry, I can just see the Andrew Scheer advertisements uh, put forward by the Conservatives in the uh, coming election and just repeatedly saying on a TV screen, I'm sorry. And and I, I think it's it's uh, that. I, th- I think it's the press clip he wants to avoid that would be in an advertisement nat- nationwide during a campaign. Um, he's playing to a number of audiences, Hal, as you know, like he's playing to the general public, you know, people like in your audience today. Uh, he's also speaking uh, through the media to all of his Liberal caucus and uh, fellow cabinet ministers. So he when he's speaking, he's not just speaking to the voting public. He's speaking to a number of other people. He is trying to shore up his reputation as a as a leader who went a different direction than the previous Harper government. And um, but he, he's he's got he's got to repair his his uh, reputation that's been quite damaged over the past uh, four or five weeks. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks, Hal. Take care. Have a great afternoon.
Chris Adams, political scientist at St. Paul's College at the University of Manitoba. Nicole Mediation is the executive director of On Screen Manitoba, and she joins us on the phone now. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Hi, nice to chat with you again. So good news in the budget for you guys yesterday. The film and video tax credit is now essentially a permanent thing. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic news. It really uh, sends a strong message that Manitoba is in the media production business for the long term. And had you guys been lobbying the province on this, or, or did it come as a surprise? You know, we've been in discussion with the province. Uh, if you remember back to Budget 2018, they actually struck a working group uh, with industry and government to take a closer look at the tax credit. And uh, that was a really fruitful and uh, positive experience, I think, for everyone. Um, We really got to look at uh, challenges and opportunities around the tax credit. Uh, A report was filed, and one of the recommendations was that the tax credit be be made permanent. And and the government found that 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 was a good recommendation, clearly, as as we saw in budget uh, yesterday. And tell us about the credit. How much is it? How does it work? Why is it important? Well, it's really what attracts production to this province and what makes it possible for local creators to uh, make their own shows here, tell their own stories here through film and video. Um, And it works in two ways. Uh, It can either be an all-expense tax credit where you get 3% back on uh, goods and services and labor that is purchased in Manitoba, or you can do an all-out labor tax credit, which can range anywhere from 45% to as much as 65% if you're shooting uh, in a rural area and you're working with a Manitoba producer. And again, this is on Manitoba labor. Um, In both cases, we're talking about jobs for Manitobans and we're talking about um, spending uh, money from that's come from outside of the province on goods and services here in Manitoba. And uh, the film and video tax credit was in place. Uh, now that it's permanent, though, I imagine when they're doing these productions, when they're coming to our province to, to film uh, shows, they're often two, three, or even more years out. So knowing now that it's permanent, I can see where this would be a big deal, right? Yeah, I know it really is. Uh, it's so important because exactly as you say, productions are planning several years in advance. Um, what we're also seeing are more series coming to Manitoba. And if you're going to start a, start a series in a location, you know, you're going to be at least hoping that your show is going to be picked up for multiple years. Um, so I think also the discussions with, with series are going to um, be uh, much more advantageous when we say that, you know, you can start your series here. And if you can manage to keep it for 10 years, well, our tax credit will still be there. And did I read something about Saskatchewan, the government there, getting away from helping the film industry in that province? Is, am I right on that? And is that helping us attract people here? You know, several years ago, the uh, Saskatchewan government uh, eliminated their tax credit. Um, and, uh, and we did see uh, people who wanted to continue working in that industry move to Manitoba. They moved to Alberta. They moved to Ontario. I mean, there's a number of different places um, where they moved on, and a few folks um, presumably are continuing to to produce there, but it's very difficult, and the size of projects are are much much smaller uh, without having a tax credit or production incentive uh, in place. 
And, uh, you know, we saw also Nova Scotia came close to making a similar decision and then quickly put an incentive back in place uh, because uh, this is an industry that that creates good jobs. Uh, It employs people uh, who are highly skilled from a wide range of uh, fields. And um, and it also, you know, it, it puts your province or your country uh, out in front and part of the creative industries. You and I probably, I don't know, talk once or twice a year. Uh, since the last time we talked, it feels to me like filming in Winnipeg and Manitoba has ramped up a bit. Is that the case or am I, am I imagining that? It's definitely ramped up. Um, I was trying to remember last time when we when we talked, but if we just look at the numbers over the past three years, you know, we were sitting around 140 million total production volume in uh, 2017. Uh, last year, the 2017-18 year, we did 173 million, and Manitoba Film and Music is predicting that we're going to be at a at a quarter billion this year, so 250 million. Uh, in this current fiscal. So that's a big jump in a short period of time. Yeah, no kidding. And I've got to ask you, when I have you on, I like to, because I'm a fan of, of these shows. I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of movies. Uh, and I, I got to ask you, what's being filmed in town right now or in the province? What's coming up? Maybe uh, tell us a few things that are going on if you can. Yeah, well, a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of good news stories really are two series coming to shoot in Manitoba. Uh, Burden of Truth is back for a third season. Yep. Um, that's an Eagle Vision production, and they um, they do most of the filming in Selkirk. There's a little bit in Winnipeg. It's a really, you know, so it's a great show, doing really well. Um, and then we've also got uh, a series being produced uh, by Fox for Amazon, um, and they're just uh, building the sets right now, and, and filming will be starting in a few weeks. Um, that's a very big uh, series. Um, I understand there are four different locations where sets are being built right now, somewhere uh, around 100 folks working in construction. So it's, it's really exciting to see those kinds of productions come. And then there's a number of features that uh, uh, are in various stages of, uh, of approval and, and pre-production. So it's looking like a busy year again. Good, great. And I got an email the other day from Netflix. My my rate is going up to almost 14 bucks a month. Please tell me Netflix is going to be doing more filming here. Well, we sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I know lots of people are talking to them. Yeah, excellent. Well, Nicole, nice to catch up with you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nicole Mediation is the executive director at On Screen Manitoba. We are going to have a conversation now with a young lady, a very funny young lady. Her name is Angie St. Mars. I was watching one of her videos on YouTube today. She is a local female comedian. It is International Women's Day, after all. Uh, Angie, hi. Good afternoon. Oh, hi, Hal. Thank you for doing this. You are very funny. That's my favorite thing to hear. You are. You're hilarious. And I just want to quickly mention that you're going to be a part of... Jared's Story puts on these comedy showcases at the Park Theater every once in a while. And you're going to be there uh, as part of that show on March 22nd. So I encourage people um, to get their their tickets. So I I reached out to 
uh, Jared, and he hooked me up with uh, Angie, and I said, hey, it's International Women's Day. It must be cool to be a, a woman and, and be in comedy. And you informed <laughs> me that you are asked that almost always, and that's usually the only question you get asked. Oh, absolutely. It's like a running joke between women comedians is that that is so often the question we are always asked and only asked is, what's it like to be a woman in comedy? <laughs> yeah, which you said is kind of like being asked, what's it like to be you? Because you are yeah. a woman. But you understand, you know, why, like this morning, the morning show had on some women construction workers and you're you're a, a woman comedian. And I would argue there have been a lot of funny women over the years um, uh, so, you know, maybe it's a little more unusual to see a woman in construction, but it, it must be, uh, but yet a lot of your humor, at least what I saw on YouTube today, your, your eight or 10 minutes you did, a lot yeah. of that is about you being a woman. Absolutely. It is. It is. I like to write about what I know. Uh, I think that's a good starting point for comedy, you know, and uh, observation is a big way to approach comedy. And so there's a lot that I observe through the world just through my experience of being a woman. Uh, and I do like to talk about that. I think that's a good place to start because you're always trying to be, you know, honest and original and funny on stage. And just talking about your own experience is a really good way to get all of that. You talked about uh, sexy. You talk about some of the challenges that women face. You t- you talked about uh, sexy underwear, which I thought was really funny. I'm not even sure if any of that can go on the radio, but it was very funny. Um, your line about uh, what's your line about uh, being born a feminist? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I was. Uh, I think I'm what you could call a natural born feminist because uh, my mom had me, no drugs, and I came out of there just topless. <laughs> Right, just topless. Well, of course you'd be topless if you were a uh, you were a feminist. So, um, what do us guys need to know about you, ladies in in comedy? Uh, I mean, I would just encourage uh, anyone who's maybe on the fence about seeing a woman comedian to just go see one because I honestly think there will be no argument if they just go see one. Like, you're going to have a great time. Uh, there's no reason to think that you're not going to think it's funny or not going to get it. Uh, like you said, there's just you know, a million amazing women comedians, super funny ladies. So, you know, just go and see. And I I guarantee you, you're going to have a great time. Does a day like International Women's Day matter to you being in a profession uh, where, you know, maybe you are somewhat blazing a new trail? Absolutely. And I would say like, you know, being a woman in comedy is probably a lot like being a woman in any industry, right? We probably face most of the same things. Yep. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you know, there's, there's um, you know, pay differences, opportunity differences. I don't know uh, if all women kind of experience this, but I find, like, a lot of the time I have to haggle with people when they ask my fee. Like, they really haggle with me about it. And sometimes they lowball you like crazy, too. Like, hey, want to drive out here for three hours? Uh, we can pay 50 bucks, <laughs> you know? That's just a Winnipeg thing, Angie. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you oh, really you, <laughs> you you really feel like because you're a woman they don't want to pay as much? I think that from my discussion with like women and male comedians because I'm, you know, they're all my uh colleagues yeah. and and we have a really incredible uh tight-knit community here in Winnipeg like small and strong. Yeah. And so we all talk to each other about this like I'll ask other women for advice, other men for advice. And yeah, we do find that's a common trend and especially the I mean, the haggling thing, it can be quite a lot. And uh, you'll get asked to do, uh, you know, I, I was tweeting about this earlier. 
a lot of the time for International Women's Week, like every organization decides to throw an event for women by, um, you know, squeezing all this unpaid labor and art and time out of other women. You know, like they'll ask you to volunteer your or volunteer or whatever skill completely like nothing in the budget to pay you anything for your work and then it's for women it's for women's day so you feel the guilt about doing it but i think if you're doing something like that you know it's also important to pay women yeah right I, I get what you're saying it's almost like hey it's international women's day maybe pay yeah. me a little extra because i'm a woman Absolutely. Yeah, I'll take it, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to be another person to come to you and ask for your time and pay you nothing. No, you know what? This is great. We're gonna we're gonna sell some showcase tickets out of this, right? Absolutely. Like comedy showcase. I got tickets to sell, so that's great. Well, and I'll tell you, if you've got uh, a, like a corporate event or something coming up, you are really, really funny, Angie. Like you really are hilarious. Oh, thank you so much. It's uh, it's my favorite thing to do in the whole world, you know. Yeah, do you hope it'll be your real job, your full-time job one day? Oh, my God, I would love that. Uh, I would love that so much, considering I am just talking in the basement at work right now. I dropped a, tuggy, a tub of yogurt on my pants earlier, so I'm, like, <laughs> fully coated in yogurt and turning into something else. Uh, <laughs> just really driving home the point uh, of how much I would absolutely love to do. So, you know, I do it as much as I can. In Winnipeg, there's tons of opportunities to do it, too. There's, like, so many great shows and mics and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, yeah I'd love to just do it 24-7. Well, good luck with it. And thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Angie St. Mars. She is a local female comedian. It's International Women's Day. And again, that comedy showcase, Jared Story puts these on. He's such a cool guy. He's so funny himself. And then he kind of MCs, but he's a comedian. But he gets different people up. He puts these comedy showcases on and often... Uh, it's women and it's uh, people of other ethnicities. And it's just really a, a cool opportunity to check out some real up-and-comers in comedy in our community. The Comedy Showcase, the next one is coming up at the Park Theatre March 22nd. You can get your tickets at the park or just Google Comedy Showcase and uh, you'll find out where you can get tickets. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.